Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, my name is Casa Pancho and I'm the founder, artistic director and CEO of Ballet Black. And I'm talking about representation in the arts and media on the Where Are We Now podcast with Miles Hunt. Hello and welcome to Where Are We Now, hosted by myself, Miles Hart. I want to give a big thanks to you, Casa Pancho, for coming on. It really is an honour to be speaking with you about black representation within the arts and mainstream media as you and your story uh, embody what it is to bring and sustain true representation in dance, specifically in ballet. So welcome, Casa Pancho. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, first off? Are you well? I'm all right. I had my COVID jab. Oh, okay. First one or second one? First one. And it was a lot. I was out for two days with a migraine and fever and stuff like that. But now I'm good. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling a lot better. I've, yeah, I've not even had one yet. So many of you're too young. the people that I never... I know! <laughs> Some of us are older and need the help. Well, you you look good, girl. Well, thank you. <laughs> Amazing. So um, before we really get into it, uh, I'd love for you to tell us um, about your nickname. I've heard you've got a nickname called Boss Lady, which I think is phenomenal can you give us where does that come from i was actually just asking one of our dancers Chira, if mm. she could remember where it came from she's been here for 13 years oh wow um i think right at the very beginning when i started ballet black my friend denzel bailey who was one of the first black dancers in festival ballet which then became english national ballet when I started mm-hmm. Ballet Black, he was our ballet master and okay. he would always call me boss. Even okay. though I was like, you know, 15 years younger than him, <laughs> he would call me yeah. boss. And then when I had one of my first American dancers called Damien Johnson, he added the lady because, uh, oh. well, I don't know why. He was from Texas and a real Southern gentleman. So it okay. just turned into boss lady. And now it's one of those names that comes in and out of some of the dancers use it all the time. Some don't. And every season it has a different wave. So sometimes I'm just the lady. Sometimes I'm just boss. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'm both. And sometimes you're both. <laughs> <laughs> nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. So heck, let's go back to your story. So I'm aware that it started off with the dissertation and you wanted to speak to black dancers, but they weren't there. They were just like, just as MIA a seasoning in some people's food. Like, tell us about that. Not my food. Um, Yes. (laughs) I specifically wanted to talk to black women in classical ballet. Mm -hmm. So there were loads of black dancers working in the UK in, you know, more Mm -hmm. modern, contemporary, commercial fields. But there were no women working in classical ballet at that time. That was between about 1999 to 2000, 2001. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I I thought at the time, because we remember ballet black predates. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all these things did not exist mm. back then. So you couldn't just look it up online. Um, you, you had to look in a book. <laughs> you had to look in a book yeah. to find someone. And yeah. so I looked at the companies in the UK 
We had mm-hmm. five big ballet companies here, and none of them had any black women working in in the companies. Wow! So I didn't have anyone to interview for my dissertation. Wow! Had so is that where the I'm guessing that's where the idea for Ballet Black came about? Yeah. Uh, so I had to reframe the whole question, and because it's you know part of a degree, you can't just yeah. fudge these things. You have to still get your ten thousand yeah. words out about something. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I thought, well, if there aren't any women to ask then let's go back further and look at ballet schools, look at marketing, look at Mm -hmm. what people put on their brochure to get funding, but what's the reality of the classroom? Yeah. You know, where, what's happening from the age of three, when you typically, as a girl, you might enroll in ballet at three, maybe a bit older, but that's sort of the time when people go. And uh, what's happening? And basically what I found was that, you know, it was just very Caucasian. So maybe as a black parent, you wouldn't want to put your little girl or boy into a ballet class where they'd be the only black face in the room. I spoke to a Mm -hmm. lot of contemporary dancers um, who said the same thing. We love ballet, but we were always encouraged by well-meaning teachers to go into commercial, modern, hip hop, West End, that those fields, because there's more chance of me getting a job doing that than if I try for ballet where I'm not going to get in. I spoke to people that had been too big well-known ballet schools who were who trained mm-hmm. there and then were told but don't think you're will ever give you a job in the associated company like that's yeah. not going to happen we don't want one black swan in the corps de ballet it's going to distract the audience there's no uniformity mm-hmm. that's crazy it's crazy when you think that ailey alvin ailey has a number of white dancers and mm-hmm. I don't remember ever sitting in a performance just looking at the white dancer being really I'm thinking oh yeah no they're messing up my eyes I can't figure out this choreography because of the white person so you know there were loads of little things like that what's being said to kids in class you know that hair mm-hmm. is wrong your yeah. body shape is wrong you'll never make it in ballet all yeah. of these things come together, you know, break your feet to make them point more because you haven't got the right feet. Yeah. All this makes a very hostile environment. And really, ballet is just an yeah. art form. You know, it doesn't speak. It's just a way of moving. So it wasn't ballet. It was the people in ballet that try and yeah. that reinforce these ideas or that, that keep the hierarchy and keep you in your place and all, all of those things. Well, what I looked at for my dissertation instead of being able to interview those those five black women who didn't exist back then. Wow. So w- when were you uh, writing the dissertation? What year was that? I know you founded Ballet Black in 2001, am I correct? So I wrote it between 99 and 2000. And then I left school okay. and started Ballet Black. So I graduated in 2001 and started the company then. Wow. So you didn't waste any time. So that so so far from what you've told me, the landscape it it seems pretty aggressive and quite racist. If if I'm being completely honest, you know that um, the lack of representation or like the fact that there was none um, sounds like something extremely hard to as a young dancer mm. that has just graduated, incredibly difficult to navigate. How did you go about doing that? Well, you know, first of all, it was British aggressive, which was very passive. Yes. It's never in <laughs> yeah. your face. It, was, it comes with a smile. It comes with a <laughs> smile and a gentle hand pushing you out the door. <laughs> yeah. So that there was that element to it where sometimes I didn't even, I was nowhere near as aware then as I am yeah. now. Um, mm-hmm. I am very white passing, so I'm mixed race, but people always thought I was white, Spanish, Italian or something like that. Yeah. So I often I would get in the door before people would realize yeah. who they let in the door. Yeah. In a way it's to my adva- it was to my advantage to, yes, of course, to yeah. use this sort of what we would now call as white passing privilege. Didn't know mm-hmm. what that meant 20 years ago. Yeah. Um to start these discussions uh-huh. you know but often when people would then find out then there would be a oh uh, oh, oh but yeah. isn't it oh it's so great uh they've got so much rhythm and like all the all the positive stereotypes <laughs> yeah. w- would come out um but i think a lot of it was not knowing uh, anything about starting a company like how to do it meant 
there wasn't really any fear because I had no idea what it would entail and certainly no idea that we'd be here 20 years later. Yeah. So one thing I'm very aware of is that you started Ballet Black without it intending to be something that was here forever. You actually wanted it to become something that was eventually redundant because you would have um, accumulated and curated to a sense the representation and the inclusivity within ballet to the point where back ballet black wouldn't be needed. Now, do you, is that still the case? Is that something that still stands or do you still have a lot more to go? And what, what do you have to say about that? Well, I think naivety led that idea that it would take five years what was I thinking? Yeah. Because it takes 15 years. <laughs> yeah. It takes 15 years to train one person to be a dancer. So they don't get injured, get distracted, get bored. Yeah. Don't become eight foot tall or stay three foot high. Or, you know, like there's so many variants in between that. Um, so that was part of the initial idea. But I, I think the, the idea of a place to promote black dancers it would be wonderful to think that we didn't that at some point we would not need it so that yeah. is still a goal but i don't think i'm going to see that in my yeah. uh, not my lifetime but my my time of running ballet black however okay. a sort of accidental thing that happened along the way is we started to make really good ballets yes. and it became a really it has become a really incredible creative place for up-and-coming choreographers, non-ballet choreographers, yeah. ballet choreographers that don't get that opportunity to make something for those huge companies. It's mm -hmm. become this great incubator for all this amazing work. And so it would be a terrible shame for that to go away. So it would be nice yeah. to think that one day we could just be a ballet company. And that's what yeah. you ask us about. <laughs> yes, um, uh, yeah, But completely. thinking that only now in 2020 are we getting companies and the dance world to acknowledge that afro hair might need to be treated yeah. differently might need an expert to come in and deal with your hairstyle for a show mm -hmm. yeah. or that you aren't told go straighten your hair or shave your hair or cut them braids yeah. like that's we're only just starting to hear oh we understand that we shouldn't say that to you yes in 2020 yeah so we are not close to being done nowhere near nowhere mm -hmm. near and we only just got brown shoes and tights in 20 i was gonna say yeah. <laughs> 18 you um uh ballet black collaborated with is it freed and came together and you uh made the first lot of um black and brown shoes for uh black and brown dancers in ballet that when did that did you say that was in 20 when so we were wearing the sh like testing them out from i think 2016 yeah. and then the mm. sh it was done and ready to go by 2018. so it and was done ballet... in america first yes um but kind of quietly like they did it and i was sort of aware that you could get them but they weren't really shouting about mm. it and when we tried to get them for some of our dancers it was like oh it's a 20 week wait and it just became wow. this sort of thing from america that w wasn't really tangible for us because we we couldn't wait mm -hmm. 20 weeks to get shoes and things like that. So we, we've done the first one in the UK. Which, yeah. Um, and it includes kids sizes. So you can now have a choice. We're not trying to, as many people think, we're trying to get rid of pink. We're not <laughs> trying to get rid of your pink no. shoes. They are safe. Wear yeah. them, wear your pink tights, do what you want to do. But we're saying... Include include and, and here's a choice yeah. here's a choice yeah. so even if you're black and you want to wear pink please go ahead mm -hmm. i personally don't understand why you'd want to wear a different color but that's totally well neither up do to i you. go but you know is that, yeah <laughs> totally up to you um but we i'm saying how can there not be a choice in yeah. 2018 and mm. why are you so upset by it why is why are some people so upset by it because it doesn't i was gonna say we're not removing I, the I pink read, shoes yeah I actually think um, uh, Ballet Black is very, very similar to Black Lives Matter in, in a sense that you received a lot of backlash uh, for creating something 
which simply gave black and brown dancers a place mm. to just dance. Yeah. Somewhere that gave them visibility and somewhere that allowed them the safety to to be a black person and dance. I don't, again, there are mad people in this world, but I don't understand how someone can be triggered and upset by that. To me, I find that to be an underlying issue mm. and another characteristic of somebody who operates in a racist way, mm. personally. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that goes, goes exactly the same for uh, BLM, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. You've got people saying, oh, that's that's not right. That's yeah. anti-white. That's anti-racist. Don't take a knee. Yeah, exactly. So um, with that being said, how how did you then navigate trying to just give black and brown people a chance to do ballet whilst getting this backlash? Um, you know, the backlash has been there since the start. But in uh -huh. in the old days, you had to find my address and write me a letter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, to, by the time you found the stamp, you might have lost steam and gone, you know what, yeah. I'll catch her next time. <laughs> I see her at a show, I'll tell her. <laughs> and so people will come up to me at shows and go, well, I just think it's really racist towards white people. What if we started ballet white? And I used to think... But is everything else ballet white though? <laughs> that's what I used to... I was kind of gaslighting myself. I was like, wait, isn't everything else exactly that? With a couple of brown yes. people thrown in here and there. And mm -hmm. now I, I say to anyone that says, what about ballet white? Because <laughs> they're quite angry about it. If you think yeah. white people are underrepresented in ballet, then you should start ballet white. And I'm going to yeah. give you 50 pounds of fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, do it because we should give those little white kids more opportunity. Please go ahead. And I will wow. share all of my knowledge I can about starting a company but when you go to do that you're gonna see it's really not necessary it's actually not necessary you could at save all. your time I could save my 50 pounds and you could just <laughs> do something else um but really because the the noise is always there in the background whether it's you should be doing more African you're too white to run ballet black brown shoes yeah. are you know ruining the tradition of ballet these noises are always going to be there and you know mm -hmm. the shoe existed in 2016 and no one said a word because no one knew about it and as soon as we dared yeah. to tell people that's when all the nonsense started so my the shoes exists Chira, who was part of creating Chira robinson a dancer in ballet black yeah was wearing them the whole time just in different shades while she figured out which brown was the right brown and which satin was the right satin they existed mm -hmm. the whole time like, yeah. Your life was not impacted by these shoes. You just saw a picture of them and got upset two years later. Mm -hmm. But they've always been here. Yeah. <laughs> they've been here for two years. So you just calm down. Calm down. And <laughs> sometimes you can look at those comments and laugh. Sometimes they are upsetting. But it's just part of anything, as I'm sure you know, anything to do with being mm -hmm. brown or black in the world comes with this. Yeah. Because Freed never got any hassle from anyone. The shoemakers never got any comments from anyone. We got all the comments. Yeah. Wow. Well, also, so, I don't um, care. I don't care. Like, if you don't like it, I don't actually care. So yeah. I'll keep doing this. And if black and brown dancers want to buy the shoes, great. If they like it. And them, they do. They're, they're lovely. I, lovely. I was annoyed that they didn't. I was so annoyed <laughs> that they didn't, that they weren't available to me. Because I actually went to the Erdang Academy. Oh. Uh, which is yeah which is actually known to be you know the quote-unquote black school mm -hmm. but even then like when i would go to ballet there was still only a couple mm -hmm. of us in my class obviously it's a huge it's mm -hmm. a huge school but i would have loved to have had a pair of those yeah. shoes just to feel included yeah. again just to be a part of it because technically you know the color nude um mm -hmm. which is what they are that is not for my that's that's not my nude yeah. it's it might be rebecca's you know it's white nude, but it's not it's, mine it's exactly all through a Caucasian lens and at some point we got to go not everyone is Caucasian in the world so you can say yeah. beige or Caucasian or you know but please don't call it nude because nude, nude is, is the colour of the person in front of you it's not yeah it's not one shade fits all and and so that that is 
uh, when the shoes came out that you know there was already nubian skin was already doing a lot of um different mm. underwear and now they do men men's underwear as well um oh. there were more <laughs> more companies were doing brown shades of foundation whereas in the old days yeah. you could only get like mac that was it and then everyone yeah. else started to do it so there were other things already happening in the mainstream world yeah. so the ballet shoe it was just like logic that it would follow yeah even though you, a lot of people said i can't believe this didn't already exist and it's like well we've been painting our shoes for 20 years yeah. we just do it so well now that you don't even notice that they're not made that way that's crazy that you know dancers even t the fact that they were coloring their shoes for 20 years and before and i'm, I'm just talking in terms of ballet black since mm. the year dot of black but, yeah. dancers mm -hmm. that's Wow. Um, you know, as we're talking about representation um, in arts and right now in ballet, um, in terms of Ballet Black, that, the, the company that you founded, I think it, it gives... Because I went to go and see one of your shows. I think it was Sadler Wells. No, 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 no. At the Royal Opera House mm -hmm. in Covent Garden. Um, and that was actually the very first time I'd seen that many, I think, or maybe even a black person doing ballet in, in, in my whole life, professionally on stage. Obviously, we had the, my, my friends in my, in my ballet school or whatnot, but that was the very first time I'd seen myself represented, which was... An incredible feeling now things like the um the shoes that we've got as well these days with all of these things serving as tools to give representation and visibility to black and brown dancers how does it feel to be the founder of such a symbolic and groundbreaking company that brings that um sense of belonging to people like myself and younger performers yeah <laughs> Gosh, well, that's very overwhelming to hear that from a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't hear that every day. It's, um, I think it's like anything. Some days you can think about someone like you and the impact it might have or it has had on, on you personally. Yeah. And go, okay, this, yeah. this thing might just work. Because in my mm -hmm. mind, it's still like me going uh, i'm juggling a lot of things and yeah is this right and should i even go to this discussion because i know the first thing people think is who's that white girl <laughs> you know like there's yeah. all these things that go on constantly for me so maybe three times a year i think mm -hmm. yes it, mm -hmm. we're doing it we're making a difference and then all the other days of the year i am wondering Am I, is this right? Uh, am I helping? Wow. Is this, is this right? Is it right? Is it working? Is the rep good? Are the dancers happy? What does the world think? And you know, some days I'm like, I don't care what they think. This is yeah. what, this is who we are. But it's, it's sometimes nerve wracking and a bit scary, but it's also my baby, so I yeah. kind of love it. So it's a really weird, it's a really weird question for me to answer because we're kind of yeah. one in the same thing. <laughs> we can't separate yeah. us. So I'm very happy to hear what you said, though. That makes me, that's going to end my week really well. <laughs> oh, no, of course. Like, I remember all, all of us, especially, obviously, the, you know, my mixed friends and my black friends, we were like, that was incredible and you know for once we actually really did feel like oh my god like i'm paying these thousands of pounds i might actually get a job like i could actually do you know what i mean so no yeah. like oh, like props and like so much respect and f for giving you know so many people um that that sense of belonging and that representation have you ever uh, felt that you or your company have, you know, ever had to prove yourself more than your counterparts in order to be respected in the same 
um, way as other ballet companies or in the business aspect? You know, right at the start um, of Ballet Black, I thought, what are we going to dance? Because we're on the doorstep of the Opera House and English National Ballet. Mm -hmm. We don't really want to be trying to do a six-person version of Swan Lake or Giselle like with no set it's going to be sad it's going to be really sad when you could go next door and see the full lavish thing with 100 yeah. dancers so I knew from the start I didn't want to do anything that already existed and that we yeah. would always make our own work and that meant we only had to be as good as the work we were doing do you know what I mean so yeah. the ballet technique had to be comparable so you know I treat my dancers like they're the Royal Ballet do you know what I mean like yeah. there's no difference it's not like they're better over there and we're not as good no we are great my dancers are great they could yeah. plie for plie take on anyone anywhere yes. um, <laughs> but we aren't asking them to do those big traditional works so that you can't really compare us to anyone else um, in the UK. I mean, there might be more comparable companies in America where, you know, smaller ballet companies are more common. Like here, it's the big ballet companies and Ballet Black of eight yeah. dancers. So I think really early on, nobody cared about Ballet Black. Like no one paid us any attention. So we weren't mm -hmm. in competition with anyone. Then what we were yeah. doing was so different to everyone we couldn't be in competition because we just you couldn't compare us and now yeah. our differences are what make us special to our audience and that keep us going like you know the coronavirus we've been able to keep going because there's only eight dancers and we say okay we're going to make a ballet with no contact and we're going to be distanced the whole time and we'll make a film of it yeah fine we can do that because there's only eight and we've, you know, mm -hmm. they're very creative and we're very fast to change to whatever situation we find ourselves in. So, yeah. no, I don't think I've ever really worried about that because okay. we are unique. Yeah, I love that. That's, she said that's modestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to stand in your truth, babe. I'm in it. I'm standing right in it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. <laughs> so, um, you have said a few times, you know, um, uh, I, I'm quote unquote white passing, and it's 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 helped you. Um, before we go into that, I want to ask you, how do you feel about the term bane? Mm. So, yeah, I don't like it. I've never okay. liked it. I've always thought mm -hmm. of it as a government word. Uh, phrase mm. or acronym to to just help them place people in boxes which, okay which sometimes you have to do because you want to know how many black people are going to the theater but yeah. it, it also allows bane means anything that isn't white so you could say yeah 50 of people going are bane but really that's like 10,000 japanese people and two black people like 
two yeah. people from Africa. So you, okay. it doesn't it doesn't help us really know. You can say my management cool. is fifty yeah. percent BAME, and that could mean anything. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sure you know about Ink Arts and the work they've done recently with BAME over to yes, to I've say seen on, yeah. we're not one big blob of the same thing. We're all yeah. very different, and you know, you don't really ever. I feel that the problem for me with BAME is that you very rarely lump all white people into one thing. Yeah. So you don't say all white people love Irish dancing. Like you just wouldn't yeah. say that. But all black people love hip hop is an acceptable yeah. thing to to say. Well, not now, but you know, people can say those kind of big sweeping generalizations. And yeah. Um. So I've never really liked BAME, and I've always thought of it as a a term for Caucasian government to yeah put us in manageable, countable places. How would you describe uh, Ballet Black then in terms of... Because some people say, oh, it's a, it's a BAME uh, company. Because mm. it's not just black people, yeah. um, Afro and Caribbean uh, dancers that you take on. And students as well, because I know you've got... Um, yeah, so your... our school is like anything, everyone, race, age, yeah. size, ability, come one, come mm -hmm. all. As long as you're between three and 18, you've got term fees, you're in. Um, yeah. And even if you haven't got term fees, we'll probably still let you in. Oh. <laughs> the company is actually it goes back to what you were saying about you and your friends coming to watch us. Yeah. I always wanted a company where everywhere you looked on the stage, there was somebody representative of mm. you. So it could be, yeah. you know, so at the, at the moment, the current group, we have a Japanese dancer, a black French Caribbean dancer, a dancer mm. from South Africa, a black dancer from South Africa, a dual heritage British like me, Afro-Caribbean, white yeah. mix, um, African-American dancer, two Brazilian dancers, um, and we've had Southeast Asian dancers in the past. So yeah. it, it sort of depends on what season you're looking at as well. Okay. So. I mean, I think we're kind of global dance citizens at Ballet Black because oh. although we all have black heritage, I mean, except for our Japanese dancer, we, most of us have black <laughs> heritage. Um, we're not, you know, me and two others have Caribbean heritage. Two yeah. of them have African heritage. Two are from Brazil. You know, so it's, you just, we don't all come from the same place. We don't have the same struggles. We don't have the same skin color. We don't have the same hair type. Yeah. We're all different. And that is really what is beautiful about Ballet Black and, and, and that it really truly, and I mean it when I say at the beginning that you literally embody what it is to be bringing representation because there is so much real diversity, mm -hmm. not just on stage, but in your team as well. Yeah. The founder being yourself. Um, I know you've spoken about um, colorism before mm. um and that is something that uh prohibits so many people of color from you know stepping into uh the industry um how would you first off say that as being a, a, a light-skinned uh woman of color how how did it benefit you and then how have you combated um those things that are in place to prevent um black and brown people from progressing and how did you do it within the company as well well i think for me for a long time i wasn't really aware of what it meant to be super duper light in yeah. in a black world because yeah. for me i was like we want black dancers to be in ballet black yeah and so that the the focus was always the complete antithesis to, to traditional ballet. Mm -hmm. we, we I always wanted black dancers. I wanted to talk to black dancers for my dissertation. I wanted to hire black dancers. Um, yeah. Because I know I could pass for anything in the corps de ballet. I wouldn't really stand out. Mm -hmm. But I knew that a black woman would have 
a totally different experience because they would be able to, you know, 20 years ago say, sorry, you'll be distracting. And that that would probably probably be seen as like, oh, okay, right. I don't get this job. And now, of course, if someone said that now, tell me, I will go hunt that company down for you. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> but you know what we knew then and what we know now is so different and, and what we yeah the sort of barrier that's been lifted especially recently with george mm -hmm. floyd yeah even, even for me the person who's been doing this for 20 years there's some things i haven't been able to articulate or say to my colleagues in the ballet world because you don't mm -hmm. want to offend anyone you don't want to you know because we we know that racism is many things it's not shouting it's not just shouting the m-word in someone's face yeah it's the it's far 10, more complex than that. tiny nuances underneath yeah that. it's the person it's going to the ballet school and not having and not having black and brown sh it's shoes not, exactly exactly it's the looking at your name on your resume for an audition and going mm-hmm mm Mm -mm. that's that we know what that sounds like no we don't want that yeah. person so and it's hard to i think sometimes it's hard to talk to white people about racism because most people don't want to be racist so they go i'm mm -hmm. not racist yeah and it's like i i didn't say you are i didn't say you are we're just having a talk we're just having a, a conversation talk. babe <laughs> so yeah. let's just dial it back down and yeah. if you're not racist you're not going to scream the n-word in my dad's face but i don't like this stereotype that you're carrying yeah so that's a microaggression it's an unconscious bias it's whatever the right label is it's not mm. it's not out and out racism in the way that you might understand racism but it feels wrong to me yeah and whatever you've done or said i am internalizing that and that's what we need to understand and be able to talk about openly. So in terms of like giving platform to black and brown dancers, it's always what I, what Ballet Black was for. So it was not, not even a thought other than yeah. where, where will I find dancers like that? Uh, do you think that there is adequate um, representation of, you know, the black community in the arts and mainstream media since especially since, uh, you know, opening Ballet Black in 2001? I have to say that in this last year, every advert I look at is like well, a mixed race family. <laughs> we'll get into that in a bit. <laughs> you know, how many black girls doing ballet did we have this Christmas in our adverts? Yeah. Like, so many. Um, I feel that the the... What we need to be cautious of is that in an effort to show we're not racist that we don't go every single actor in every you know we're going to do all black ballerinas all the time for christmas yeah. adverts and then that's it we've done yeah. our bit we're never going back to it uh -huh. um so we don't want to put a sticking plaster on things and that run deep yeah yeah so I can see effort might be being made and mm -hmm. I can understand if you've never had to do that before that you might take a bit of a swing and a miss and do mm -hmm. something a bit clunky that's not sustainable and it's not lasting and it's not authentic. Yeah. yeah. And I sometimes wonder, do we just need to have this kind of weird over the top thing now while we fix underneath? Do we wait? Because if you know, for ballet black, if we were, if I was waiting for only British dancers, I would still be waiting uh -huh. to have enough to fill up ballet black. I've got two That's British crazy. dancers right now. I've had to have dance from other other countries, which is very normal in the ballet world. But I am the one that gets stick for it. No one has a yeah. go at the Royal Ballet or English National Ballet for having foreign dancers. Mm -hmm. But there was like, why is ballet black? And I've got actually I've got quarter of my dancers are British. That's more than most companies. So yeah, that's just eight Facts. of us. It's just because you notice us because it's only eight. Mm. So I I think it's a really tough one to answer. What do you think? I think especially over the last year think that there has been a surge in black and brown faces um on 
throughout mainstream media, including dance. Do I feel like it's been genuine all the time? I can't say I, I think that. I do definitely think that people are just trying to tick boxes, like you said, to, to appear not to be racist because there's more fear in being racist than there is of actually perpetuating it. Yeah. How do you think that the mainstream media and in art portray black dancers in general? Well, in ballet, they don't. Unless you're in a piece wow. from Ballet Black, which is about something yeah. black. So they aren't represented unless we get our mm-hmm. um, racial caricatures in the Nutcracker or yeah. ballets like that. And, you know, and that's where yeah. we, we're that's straying into blackface. Essentially blackface, right? Yeah, yeah. Black, absolute blackface territory, which I think this country, no, it's sorry. I know in this country we don't do blackface anymore. But, you know, it's only been the last decade that it's stopped. Yeah. But we are still doing a huge amount of yellow face. You know, mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot there's a lot of racial problematic racial caricatures in ballet that we need to deal with. And it's exoticism and Orientalism and mm-hmm. you know, these choreographers from a million years ago who had an idea of what it meant to be in Africa or to be in Asia or and they've given us these heightened unrealistic unpleasant yeah. you know, caricatures of, of cultures we na- now there's no excuse we the world is open we yeah you can find out what you want by checking online if you didn't know something about a culture you could find out within five minutes so now mm-hmm. there's no reason for us to continue to perpetuate these stereotypes in classical ballet there there isn't but there are a lot of people in the ballet world that want to hold tight to the traditions and think that you're messing with it. And I think that, you know, we just need to talk about it. Let's just talk mm-hmm. about these ballets. What, would you put some of these ballets on if your entire audience were Chinese? Yeah. Would you want to have the finger pointing, the slanty eye makeup, the paddy hat? Would you have all of that if everyone in your audience, in your audience. was Chinese? Mm-hmm. No, would you have a blacked up person in Petrushka, which is the main one that we, we, we still sometimes see with a blacked up character, where some people have changed it to nothing or to blue or whatever, th- throws and catches a coconut. If your wow. entire audience were African wow. or Afro-Caribbean people, would you feel that you were right in staging that ballet? And that's what I would ask anyone to ask themselves if they're in a position of power to program work. And you did ask people that on June the 1st uh, in 2020, but we'll get onto that, girl. <laughs> I'm still hiding from some of those people. <laughs> I will, yeah, before we segue into, you know, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and um, the murder of George mm. Floyd, how, what is your relationship like with other, you know, Oh my gosh! If, if you saw, and on that note, it's been great. How is your relationship then with these the the other creators of like other um or heads of other ballet companies? Mm. How is it when you go to like events and things like that? What is it like? Listen, wow. I didn't get invited to events, so wow. Not because of race, because we're just so tiny on the scale i mean i I get invited to things now but uh, we would not be a group of people that are constantly mixing is what i'm saying um so we have an excellent relationship with scottish ballet because they are seizing this and going okay let's open it all up what's and all let's see what's disgusting here and what we can fix so they're on the not cancelled list not next (laughs) next I'm playing, I'm You're playing. trying to get me cancelled. Um, and then I would say that there have been, with some organisations, some yeah. discussions where I've come away hopeful and some okay. discussions where I've come away and gone, wow. This is why Black, Ballet Black is here and still here. Yeah, I, I, it's reaffirmed. Mm-hmm. So those days where I doubt, I go, no, no, carry on. Yeah. Carry on. Because I think what what we need to push through is the discomfort in talking about race. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's not nice. It's not nice if you're a person of color to have to keep explaining what racism is. Yeah. It's not nice for white people, I'm sure, to have to confront inbuilt bias that they were maybe born into. Yeah. Or they picked up from somewhere. Not accidentally, but you know what I mean? Like unconsciously. Mm-hmm. That's why we call it unconscious yeah. bias. Of and course, yeah. The only way through it is to say, look, guys, you're okay. We're not saying you're racist. We know you're not going to burn a cross on the front lawn of Ballet Black's <laughs> building. But we work in a, a field that has a legacy of problems. Yeah. If you have someone painted black on your stage throwing a coconut, that's a problem. Uh-huh. That's a problem. Now, it wasn't a problem in the 1900s or the 1800s when that ballet was made. But it is today. How do we keep ballet alive? We've got to keep the audience coming back for more. How do we get the yeah. audience involved? We have to make it open to everyone. Mm-hmm. So you can come to ballet, do the classes. Maybe you're never going to be a ballet dancer because you're terrible. That's okay. Because you have to be the best of the best of the best of the best to be a ballet dancer. Yeah. But you could still learn a love of dance and buy tickets to a show. Yeah. And never see do that. yourself on see stage. Yourself and on stage. have people seeing themselves on stage. Your kids might become dancers. But we'll exactly, never do yeah. that if we can't talk about the problems in ballet. So, last year, May 25th, unfortunately, uh, the world was at a complete standstill because of COVID. Um, and we all saw the brutal murder of George Floyd. Um, and it sent the, the world into an uproar, and, and very rightly so. Mm. We saw many different companies, um, like you said, putting out more black faces. Some, I think, from a genuine place, and they rebuilt their... Um, their company and the people that were running things and really shook their company up. Some, I do think it was very performative. Um, and it was just a post. Something, again, that didn't have sustainability. Mm-hmm. And then things would just continue as normal. Now, you did things differently. You created a guide literally within seven days of that happening. And on the 1st of June, there was a hashtag that read change not trend which mm. i i applaud <laughs> like i really do thank you so um no oh, thank you so you get i would like let me not say it people are here <laughs> for you to be honest um please explain uh the guide uh or the guide that you created um and why so you will remember the black squares that were popping up yeah, everywhere. I can. Yeah. And I felt a rage like I hadn't before. Even when I was being told those brown shoes look like they have shit on them. You're ruining ballet. That didn't make me mad like this did. Because we had just seen multiple versions of a murder of a man yeah. that could be our dad, our uncle, our brother, our husband, our boyfriend you know our family member yeah and for once the good thing about coronavirus is you couldn't look away if you wanted to yeah you turn the channel it's on there as well you look on instagram it's on there you look on twitter Mm -hmm. it's everywhere so it just felt like something all that like care of oh i don't want to upset these people and make them think i think they're racist and uh, 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 yeah was just gone like it the cloud lifted yeah and i saw people going what can we do yeah help what what how can i help you how can i not be racist yeah i was like i actually put that out i was angry but i thought i'm gonna get so much shit for this because people are gonna go yeah, yeah. obviously and but actually, it's <laughs> not all. It's that. actually really not all that obvious. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious to us, but it's not mm-hmm. obvious to some people. Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote it on my phone. The hardest thing was trying to frame it so I could put it on Instagram in yeah. a square. Um, but it was like, boom, 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 boom. Here you go. Here's what you can do. The first comment mm-hmm. back was like, well, how do we do that? And then I was amazed. All these people dived on this commenter and said, you go and find out. 
Yeah. And it, I was like, wow, we might be at the beginning of a change yeah. here. I don't mm -hmm. think,、uh, unfortunately, I think it's the wave is pulling back a bit now. But. Well, that's why we're having this conversation. That's why we're having this conversation. But <laughs> the, school one, the school one was quick, easy. There's like six or seven things on there. Like, learn、yeah. to say the name of the kid. If you can say、yeah. Tchaikovsky, you can say Ifachugu or Odessa, or I can't remember、yeah. what the name was. But, but the company one, because you know, the black squares put out by companies、mm -hmm. who ha had not to that point done anything to make the lives of their existing black dancers or to say welcome to other dancers into the company. That's what、mm -hmm. really. Made me mad, and that's why the next list was a little bit longer, a little bit more、yeah. detailed, and was shared everywhere.、Mm -hmm. But I mean, like in so many places, and now people are bringing out their own diversity and inclusion policies, and they're this and they're that. Yeah, there's no mention of BB anywhere.、And、I'm like, that's okay, cool, take it, do what you need with it, that's、yeah. fine. But、um, that's The rage, really, and the kind of like, do, do you need me to tell you that when you tell a girl to shave her head so your wig fits better on her, that's perceived as racism because it is racism?、Yeah. Do you need me to explain that to you? Do you need me to tell you that if your entire company are white and you've got one black dancer and you're all wearing nude costumes and his costume unquote, matches?、Yeah. Her costume and she's white and he's black. Do you understand? That's why we think you are behaving in a racist way because you are not、mm -hmm. seeing what is right in front of your face. But you know, these are the easy things for people to understand. Hair, they can see it, they know what you're talking about. Shoes, clothes, they go, oh, okay. I'm just concerned there's deeper stuff. Yeah, shoes. Clothes tangible, we get it. You can hold on to that, but that you're not done just because you get brown shoes in for your dancers. Yeah. You've got to look at the systemic waves of shit that they have had to deal with in their lives, not just their ballet lives, but their lives、yeah. being in the world as people of color. Thank you, by the way, for that list. I, I was reading it、um, before I got on and There's still there's things that I have noticed happen、uh, more, but there's still so much. Like, even when I go back into my theatre job, I would like to see if, you know, our wigs department looks a bit more diverse and things of that nature. Like, I would like to see if it actually gets done. So, again, thank you so much for something like this because it is these kind of tools and these tangible things and that can help, that can allow there and create that room for there to be.、Yeah. Honest, genuine representation of people that look like us, like us in mainstream media. So, once again, thank you so much.、Um, so,、uh, these are now the questions that I will actually be asking all of the amazing people that are going to be featuring on Where Are We Now?、Um, so, how did what happened to George Floyd, the surge in the media,、uh, the attention and the awareness for the Black Lives Matter movement, affect you last year? Well, personally, it made me very angry and it made me frustrated, but it also liberated me in a weird way, which is sort of a、yeah. horrible thing to say about the death of someone else. But it, it sort of took that extreme happening to make everyone else go, I, I'll listen. Yeah. I'll try and listen.、Mm -hmm. For Ballet Black, it meant that we became the kind of token pet company to. Follow and donate. I can imagine your, and... your followers went up, up, up. Followers went up.、Um, I mean, we appreciate people did fundraising efforts and things, and that was all、mm -hmm. lovely, but it, it ne I could never forget it was because of a man being suffocated on the street. So、yeah. it was like, thanks for that, you know, running a ballet class and giving us all the proceeds. That's really generous of you in a time like this. But. I can't forget the root of this, and that is the murder of George Floyd. So it was a weird one. Where are you now? 
with that or in general? Yeah, with that, yeah. I'm, I'm watching as people release initiatives, mm -hmm. policy, and I feel like... Um, I feel like Raven Simone in that meme where she's just laughing and making a sandwich. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you. Okay. Grassroots. Okay. Diversity. Okay, good, good, good. It's a mm. battle because I don't want to be overwhelmed with cynicism because yeah. change yeah. starts somewhere. And maybe this yeah. very white company means it when they say we're going to do this thing and we're going to give a voice to those that maybe don't always get the opportunity but the part of me that's been here for 20 years doing this goes we'll see mm. so it's tough because I, I i've tried to make myself available to as many organizations that need it to discuss these yeah. things and some people have have come and talked and it's been great some have come and been very defensive about what they're already doing. And I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't ask for this meeting. You did, That energy so. reads. Yeah. Yeah. I can just close my laptop and we can be done. So you don't yeah. have to put yourself through this. And others sort of have demanded my time and attention, but have never spoken to me before. <laughs> but now they're like, oh, but now the diversity is a big issue. I think that you should come and talk to us and I'm like okay well you can pay me and like, oh no no no, no yeah no, we're not no free labor because it's slavery <laughs> yeah we're, we're colleagues we don't pay because we're, we're colleagues and I'm like oh I'm sorry when did we <laughs> when did we last be yeah never because I've been your today. colleague for 20 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and only now there's a level of deciding all right I'll deal with the defensive people I'll have a go they asked, so maybe there's a way through the defensiveness. If I've got the energy that day, those mm. people that say, no, no, we're colleagues, you know, we're all in this together. I'm like, no, nah, close the door on that one. No, thank you. Yeah. And those that really want to talk and do the work, I'm here. Oh, I'm here for it completely. Mm. It doesn't matter how much of my time it takes. I'm here for it. But those people are, at the moment, few and far between. This week, aims to bring and these conversations that we are having uh aims to bring more awareness to these kind of things to continue the conversations that we've been having that so they don't lose their momentum and to celebrate black and brown people like yourself um and can and continue to you know have these important conversations um we've still got a long way to go uh but one of the ways that we want to make an impact is by really taking care of our mental health. Cause like mm. you said, it can be, it is draining mm. and it can, thinking about, you know, the death of a man and it, it, it's, it's exhausting mm. having these kind of conversations. And one of the things that we need to do is to ensure our mental health, especially around this time. Mm. Uh, and we are actually raising money for Black Minds Matter. I don't know whether, um, you know that yet but we're raising money for black minds matter and they basically offer free support for families and young people so that they can cope and deal every day um, and also break away from that stigma especially mm. in our communities that you know mental health issues mean you're crazy or you're yeah. nuts or whatever it's actually not and i feel like slowly but surely we are uh coming away from that mm. how important is mental health to you and to your dancers and students and what kind of advice um would you take from your own personal experience to nurture your mental health i i mean it's it's very important at ballet black and it it got thrown very sharply into the spotlight when the pandemic hit because suddenly yes. our routine was gone yeah. One of the first things we did was set up optional counselling for the dancers. Wow. If they needed it. And, you know, only That's a couple incredible. of them chose to do it. But it was there in case yeah. something happened or it hit you later or it hit you differently. Because yeah. at first we were just like, oh, we're just going to push that show a month late. <laughs> and then it was... Oh, oh and wait. it's funny. <laughs> and it's fine. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As, as it's been for all of us in, in the arts world mm. and, and the, the regular world too. 
So, and that has been something that we have continued. So even though we're back at work now, Amazing. that still exists for our dancers and it's money that we are actually deliberately investing every season. That's incredible. So the safety mm -hmm. net is there and it's, you know, it's, it's you, like the dancers can come talk to me anytime they want, but it's totally mm -hmm. separate. I know, I, I just yeah. pay the bill. I don't know who's talking <laughs> to who about what. It's nothing, you know, you can go bitch me out if you want. Whatever you need to do, go do it. Yeah. So that is it's very important to us. At the school, you know, we, we only see them for an hour or two hours a week. So we don't have that level of uh, input into their lives. But what we yeah. have always done is taught in a humane way. So we treat everyone like they are human beings with feelings. Already. Nice things. So <laughs> yeah. We, we you know we never stand two kids together like what happened to me in my childhood and be com like, compare bodies from top to yeah. toe. What's good about this person and bad about you? Like that that kind of ballet psychotic behavior does not exist at the ballet black junior school. So I like to think that even though the kids may be not aware of it because they didn't go to school in the times when I went to school, which was a very long time ago. Yeah. Um, that we treat them like human thinking, breathing, feeling human beings from day one of enrolling. So I hope in that way we take care of their mental health as much as we can. Amazing. And to round us off, uh, to a person of colour wanting to um, wanting to venture into the arts, what kind of advice do you have for them? To any young black, Asian, brown, mixed race person coming up now, it might feel really daunting. It might feel impossible. You might still be the only black, brown, mixed race or Asian student in your dance school or dance group, wherever you go. But there is a bigger network of older, wiser people now than there was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So there's more of us and we are looking out for you. So don't give up hope, knuckle down, be the best artist you can be, be undeniable, but don't feel alone because there are many, many people out there and we are looking out for you. And what would you say to a white person going into the arts now? I would say the same thing. Thing, but I think the, the issue is you don't you may not feel like you're privileged because you come from a working class background you're poor you're, mm -hmm. you had to fight to get 50 different jobs to pay for your dance classes yep. and that's not what I mean when I talk about privilege I mean you can walk into the school and no one will say cleaners to the other entrance that yeah. will never happen to you you can walk to a shop walk around the shop and no one's going to follow you around it so that's the privilege the walking around privilege that you are born with in this country with that color skin so try not to get defensive when the word privilege is thrown around and sometimes it's not used correctly mm -hmm. it's the quick comeback oh you're a white privilege middle class blah 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 we don't always know where the other person's coming from, but understand mm -hmm. it's a it's a skin privilege, a skin color privilege, which means mm -hmm. that just your existence in the world isn't going to be questioned or make people suspicious. And, and that yeah. is what happens to some of us. Right, that's what happened to my yeah. dad. If I was out with my dad, I'd have a very different experience to if I was out with my mum, his wife, mm. you know. So that's that's what i mean by that so make yourself undeniable be the best whatever dancer singer actor so you can't be turned away yep. but don't become one of those bitter people that go oh you can't say anything these days or oh they have yeah. to give it to a black woman because council culture diversity bame yeah blah 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 woke don't yeah don't take these things and use them against those that it's meant to elevate like the way woke has Ooh. been hijacked by evil yes. people you know it, <laughs> we can't we've got to do another podcast about that but <laughs> be careful you know when you're do when you're straying into artistic territory that is a different culture just be respectful ask questions Shh, as simple as be respectful it's not yours <laughs> it's 
it's from somewhere else you can love it and you can embrace it and you can be amazing at it but you've got to know where it came from so just know mm. those things and you won't go too wrong because you know you can ask the question and people will know it's genuine and authentic mm. because you have behaved correctly to that point Casa Pancho, thank you so much for coming on the show and having this conversation with me. I'm sure many people have been inspired by uh, what you've had to say. I, I know I definitely have. And I'm feel. <laughs> don't at me if you didn't like it. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> but honestly, thank you so much. Like you're an absolute queen. And it's genuinely an honor speaking to you as a dancer myself. Obviously, I do podcasts and stuff like that, but. I, I'm a performer at heart, so to I never would have thought when I left, you know, the opera house that in how many years ago that was, um, <laughs> that I would be having the pleasure of having a conversation which adds to such an important um, time in in our history, really. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for and sharing me. your story. Thank you very much. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.